Zion Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Zion Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on that old American Voice Radio Network. And today's date is November 10th, Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin the world and look to the holy city. Look to that one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make the choice for you sure tonight. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, leave your name, number, prayer request, and or message. And the phone number is 620-878-4682. That's 620-878-4682. If you have an emergency and need to speak to Dan on his cell, Text him, let him know you're going to call at 316-619-4886, 316-619-4886. You can always find breaking news, Wichita updates about the Wichita Mission Church, radio program archives, and all of our contact information is on our ministry hub, which is prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. Remember, folks, we're a national satellite radio program, which is... <clears throat> You're going to have to get closer. Anyway, we're a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on internationally on some independent FM stations, four different MP3 streams, Twitch, Rumble, Phone Bridge, and picked up by every podcaster out there. Okay, let's thank our listener base. In places like Bradford, United Kingdom, uh, Manukia, New Zealand, Castle, Germany, or Castle, Germany, uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Santa Rosa, California, Richmond, Virginia, and Hutchinson, Kansas is the group that will listen, the largest group that will listen when it posts on the podcast later tonight at branch.podomatic.com. That's branch.podomatic.com. Okay. Okay. By the way, folks, um, uh, send me a text and let me know what city you're hailing from. Follow us and share us at Twitter. That's at branch.podomatic.com. No, wait a minute. Oops. Pat, that's Pastor Dan Catlin at Branch77 on Twitter. But I don't know about whether Twitter's even going to survive. The, the FBA and all the leftists are after it, so we'll see what happens. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua, home and see his name, I pray. Father, I pray radio tonight goes according to your will and not our will, Father. So please, in your son, Yeshua, home and see his mighty name. Bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, let's have our song. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Luke seventeen twenty six. In the days of Noah Keeps ringing in my ear People laugh and scoff When they hear the end is near They go right on with building Not giving God a thought Getting about the flood In anger he wants fall The spirit of old Noah is alive and well today, telling them of Jesus that he's the only one. But most won't even listen, the devil's got them blind. They walk the path so broad, more riches trying to buy. Some just think of money. And how to get some more But little do they realize 
So if you're one who put your trust in wealth, you've lost the fear. For the distant thunders are rumbling and the storm is almost here. You must put your trust in Jesus, for He's our today. When the storm of darkness comes, in Him you will be saved. Yes, the spirit of old Noah is alive and well today. Telling them of Jesus that He's the only one. But most won't even listen. The devil's got them blind. They walk the path so broad. More riches trying to find. They walk the path so broad. Well, folks, that's a song from Brother Ben McKnight. Um, it was made back in the 90s, and I say that a lot. I really like the music, and we like to have a song. But if you have a song that you personally own, send it to me, and if it's a good one, I'll play it. Anyway, moving right along, uh, election. Everybody, It's on everybody's head. Um, we may not know, literally know for weeks because... Like Arizona, where one of the Senate races, we'll know about the um, House, but the Senate races, we may not know for weeks because, one, there's a runoff between Herschel Walker and, and another guy, anyway, and also there is a, in Alaska, from all the way that it works out over there, that may not, we may not find out. I just read an article from the, the Republican in, in Alaska. It may not, we may not have the answer out of Alaska until Thanksgiving Day, or rather they said the day before Thanksgiving. So those are two. That's what we need. We need two more to take control of the Senate. They need three more. And so there's three races that are that are undecided. As far as the House, well, it does look like that we could possibly win the House because we need a lot less than they do. We need 11, and they need some, a bunch more than that. But they're slow counting. And they and have they been cheating? I don't know. We'll let you decide. An exclusive, unexplained ballot drop in Georgia Senate race likely prevented Herschel Walker from winning the race outright. Drop and roll pushed race to a runoff. It happened again on Tuesday in the uh, 2022 midterms. The uh, drop and roll occurred in the Michigan Governor race, just like it happened in the 2020 presidential election. It also occurred in the Minnesota governor's race. We now have evidence that it also occurred in the Georgia Senate race, stealing the win from the Republican Herschel Walker. The crooks and the criminals are stealing the U.S. elections in multiple way, elections in multiple ways. One of the biggest ways they stole the 2020 election for the president was the drop and roll method. In the drop and roll incidents in the 2020 election, we identified that at around the, that point where 90% of the elected expected ballots were returned, a large batch of the ballots were dropped with nearly every ballot going to Joe Biden. These batches were as large as 330,000 ballots in Biden, for Biden in the Virginia all at one time. Then after that point, nearly all the batches of ballots recorded in the election were at the same ratio for Biden uh, Biden to Trump, with Biden uh, always receiving more ballots than President Trump, then these results were not random and clearly not legitimate. The drops were always in favor of the Democratic candidate. In Tuesday night on Frank's speech, uh, an instant of the drop and roll was recorded in the Mich uh, Michigan governor race. We also have evidence that it occurred in the Minnesota governor race, and the drop and roll occurred in the Georgia Senate race as well. In the Georgia Senate race, a large batch of ballots from for Georgia Democratic Senator Warlock was dropped. That placed him in the lead. And then the votes after that in time were near to all the same proportion of Warlock to Walker votes. This drop gave Senator Warlock the lead and may have prevented GOP Senator candidate uh, Herschel Walker from winning the race outright. In Georgia, a runoff is held at the top with the top 
two candidates in, in either, if neither candidate exceeds 50% of the vote. This ballot drop may have prevented Herschel Walker from uh, winning the election outright with more than 50% of the vote. Okay, folks, the proof is out there. Again, we have videos of drops being done like in Michigan after legal time for ballots to come in. Uh, they have people dropping off ballots just like you did, but it wasn't legal because it was past the time. Of course it was. But the same people were in charge of these swing states. That's the whole point. These critical states, the same people were in charge. We know where they cheated last time, and they're cheating, and they're doing it all over again. Will we win it? I don't know. Biden kind of gave us a warning and said, well, don't worry, it'll take days to count the ballots. And he said also, he's going to change nothing after the election. Well, the only reason he would change anything that he does after the election if he's being forced to. So he believes that he's going to retain control, so do the Democrats. Why? Because they have stolen it once again, which, the true, which is true and means we're, we're no longer a country. As long as these people can cheat on these ballots and these things, we do not have a legitimate government there. And, you know, I'm just waiting, you know, they're, and they're coming after anybody that says different. And so just watch it, folks. Pray. It will only take, a, it will be an absolute miracle if we can pull this out and win it. But, so I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to talk much more about it. But um, it's just a mess. It's a complete mess. And you, I don't know. I, there, there's, I don't see how anybody in the right mind can look at the thing and see that it's legitimate. Well, all growing up, ever since I can remember, when we had an election, my, all my, I can remember my parents watching the TV, and then around midnight, 1 o'clock, sometimes 2 or 3 in the morning, all the votes were counted and the election's over and the winners are announced. It's not 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 weeks later. Well, that was before they invented COVID, and that was before they invented mail-in ballots. In order to make, set this right, you have to take it pre, you know, you have to take it, everybody show up like it used to be. You had to go to the boat and, and do it. There were some things for absentee ballots. That's when it first started coming in, but it was small because the rules were very, very strict. Well, you get all these illegal people in office, and, and even though, like in these swing states, the uh, district attorneys and things that are there are Democrat. These are the people that cheated. So even though they blatantly see the cheat, they're not going to do anything about it. In fact, what they did do is they had people arrested and even thrown out of office. They went against attorneys and people that pointed out the ballot cheating in the 2020 election. Yeah. So as long as you've got these people like that in power, the only hope is people say, well, you shouldn't federalize the election, but the only hope really is with all this is to, if some coward Republicans, if the perchance they did get in and we had a Republican Senate, a Republican um, uh, House, and a Republican uh, president, then they need to pass a federalized election law that stops mail-in ballots. It would well, stop. Well, like, like some of them were doing, like I, the, my understanding, if they had mail-in ballots, they had to be counted first, and they had to be counted before they even started tallying up to walk in. Uh, right, went that, to the that, that, and that's the fair way to do it. All the mail-in late absentee votes need to be accounted for before they even start counting the poll votes. Right, but but they don't do that. See, what they've been doing is they've been doing it the opposite way around, where they go, okay, we need 300,000 yeah, so more votes. So they just say, okay, bring in 300,000. Yeah, bring and, in 400,000 so we know for sure we won. Yeah, and that's the way it's been working. That's absolute. That's absolute. Well, I've got some important stuff to talk about after break, but I re really the, the election makes me just want to throw up. Yeah, it's real sad. You know, well, it's sad, and what's even sadder, people don't realize, you know. Um, it's reality. Well, the reality of it and the reality of it's going to hit if they remain in control. The reality of it's going to hit. And even if we do take control, to stop this garbage that's going on uh, is going to take it's going to take years to rectify the damage that they have done. You know, things like, you know, people don't get it. We are being controlled by, the United Nations has a big part of it. If you if you just go online and Google United Nations Border Control, you'll see that the, their plan is to bring in 10.8 million 
uh, new people in the United States every year for the next so many years because they need 500 million new people to replace the population because we're not um, having babies enough. They get are aborting the babies, mind you, really? and they're killing us off. But all the plans are out there, and they are the ones. You wonder how all these immigrants, or immigrants, my foot, all these people are getting up from South America up here is because they're being funded and transported by the United Nations. That is a fact. If you just do a little tiny bit of research, that you can see it. But so let's let's end the first part of this program on a high note. We've got about five minutes before we go to break, so let's talk about something good. How about Thanksgiving? It's coming fast. <laughs> yeah, it's how many people fast. are you going to cook for? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to shoot for 200. Maybe go over that, but um, my numbers have been over 100. 140 is what 139. So. 140 is what I've hit so far, so I'm thinking on Thanksgiving I'll have more than that. But we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna have enough for 200. I'm gonna get I'm shooting for 220 pounds of turkey right off the bat. So I'm gonna start. My daughter's gonna start cooking those on uh, Sunday. So yeah, um, amen. So currently, um, I didn't notice any donations coming in the mail for Thanksgiving. No, I, I haven't have four 20-pound turkeys that I'm going to cook that I have already, and then I have a, a promise of a two, four, four more, maybe, maybe a few more than that. So I have a total of eight right now, so I know I'll definitely need more than that, and I have a promise of ten pies, and I have four in the freezer. So right now I have that many turkeys, which is, what did I say, four Five, six, ten. Well, I have about eight turkeys and ten pies, so that's I need, and I have no donations that came in yet, so. So, but. And the, a couple weeks. Uh, so the question close. here really remains is, not to everybody over there go, well, I don't know what that that'll do. How much more do you need? Oh, I need everything. I need the mac. I need the potatoes, the sweet potatoes, marshmallows, chicken broth, all the stuff for the dressing. Yeah. Okay, but we're still not going to go play. How okay. much money? About, do you need? about with inflation, maybe seven hundred to a thousand. I don't know. Okay, I, so I really don't know till I go, but uh, at least seven hundred. Okay, so we're going to say, and and you, my wife's a skin flint, and she always under underdoes it. But let me tell you what, she can pull things out of her hat. Believe me, otherwise we wouldn't ever been here all this time. But we really do need a thousand dollars now. Uh, there really isn't a lot of time. What do we got? How many days? Um, it's the twenty fifth. I think. Oh, I, I the um, today oh, is. Oh, the, it's on Bucci's birthday this year. Okay, well, my, my daughter was born on Thanksgiving. Right. Okay. So be thirty-one this year. That isn't what you're supposed to be telling. Okay. <laughs> you're supposed to tell how much time you two. got. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So we got two weeks from today. Okay. Here's the thing, folks. If you if you would want to donate over this weekend and you want to do it by mail, you can still do it, but you need to mail it immediately. Let as it goes out in the post on Monday. Otherwise. Make the donation um, over the internet. Now, listen. A lot of people say, "Well, that's PayPal." Well, you don't have to have. Tell them. Do you have to have an account to, to a PayPal account? No, you can use credit card, any kind of card, bank card, debit card, any kind of card. You just fill it out like you make a purchase. It's just the same thing. It's just a don't just a donation, but all the information is the same thing as like if you make a purchase. Right, and PayPal doesn't keep your information or doesn't give it to anybody, and it's really highly secure. And so you don't have to listen to any of these scare stories about PayPal stealing your money or anything because they can't steal your money. You don't have to have a PayPal account. You just don't. They just it's a donation thing. So and, and they're like a bank. They're the same thing as using a bank, but it's an online bank. Right, right. And we are looking for another alternate because some people are getting scared about PayPal, and I think that's why I've lost uh, it. I have some weekly donations that come in. I Let me say, had uh, those weekly donations have dropped since all this garbage has been going around about PayPal, which they retracted. But it, it all boils down to one thing. You don't have to have a PayPal account to donate to PayPal, and I've been using it since 1999 or 2000, and Checking, I've never had anybody say anything's been stolen. I've never been hacked, and it's always and they never ripped me off for any money. And so that's over 22 years I've been using it. And so you know, judge for yourself. So, if, but if you want to mail a check or money order, you can do that this week 
you know, as long as you get it out by Monday, it'll get here in plenty of time. Because mind you, we've got to do shopping and all those other things. If you're mailing a donation or even if you're doing one over the phone, you can call me. Do one over the phone. You still PayPal, but you could do PayPal. We need you to market for Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Yeah, so we know otherwise it goes. Where's the money go? To the general fund for the bills. For bills and, and whatever. And expenses and gas and all yeah. Yeah, whatever's important at the time. And by the way, we used to get by with one, we used to use uh, one, the, the to-go trays that we used to put the food in, they come 125 in a, in a, in a pack and uh, we used to use one pack could do two days, two meals, but now we're using over one pack every time we go. I did 129 Friday, Tuesday, today's Thursday. Yeah, I right, Tuesday so, did 129. So what you're trying to say is all of our expenses went up because our numbers were Not up. only did the plates go up, so did all of this number. Yeah, instead of getting two days out of one, I get one day, and then I have to open another one, so yeah. Okay, well, what about how, many, how much food do you have to cook? Two or three meals? Uh, two, yeah, two meals. Uh, what I use, normally would cook on one serving day, I have to cook two serving days for one serving day now. And yeah. nobody, no, I, it's all, everybody's plates are different. Just double. Yeah, yeah, everybody. I use, there's usually about 80 to 100 plates that are the same, but the other 30 or whatever is always something different. Yeah, and so the point is, is everything's went up, we're still feeding the people, but the fodder's still sending them, so... Folks, pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. It's a good thing. You know, one of the, the, the Word of God says that whenever you lend to the you know, whenever you give to the poor, it's like lending to the Lord. And so. Hey, you know what? I want to tell you something. I just read an article. I got a few seconds. Uh, about a homeless, a grandma, a homeless grandma that retired and she owned a restaurant, but she cooked food and fed people in the park in Arizona. Well, because the people threw their trash all over the place, like you notice in Wichita, they made the pass the city ordinance. Well, you can't give anybody that's poor anything in the parks. So she got arrested. Yeah, I, I know. I heard the story, and it isn't just happening in one place. There's other there's ordinances in different places, even in places like Kansas City. There's ordinances about yeah, very strict guidelines about feeding and so on and so forth. But praise the Father. So far. We haven't had that problem, and praise the Father, we need to make sure we police it and go out there and pick up all the trash. Otherwise, we will be in trouble. Anyway, tell them where to find us. We've got to go to break. You can find all of our contact information, radio program archives, mission updates. Is at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. We'll be back in three minutes. Pastor Dan will be right back. In Genesis 41, tells the story of Pharaoh having a dream of seven fat ears of corn, followed by seven blasted ones, meaning there's seven years of plenty, and then there was seven years of famine following. We are now in seven years of famine once again, starting September 25th of 2021. Joseph's Kitchen is about getting actual wheat berries, Putting them through a meal takes 30 seconds, putting it along with the ingredients into a bread machine, pushing a button. Two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice steaming hot loaf of whole wheat bread. Most long-term storage food is from nine to $10,000, one person, one year. At Joseph's Kitchen, it's two people, one year, about $2,000. Then you decide whether you want to have food for one person, one year, two people, one year, four people, one year, or six people, one year, all at josephskitchen.com. That's right, about $1,000 per person per year at josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. 
The intentional neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell the Pastor Dan sent you. We're back. This is Pastor Dan and Linda Catlin. And you're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy Art and America Voice Radio Network. Okay, just a sh- short more thing about donations. What? Nothing. I just can't. I can't hear nothing, but I don't think I'm supposed to. You're not supposed to okay. hear anything. <laughs> you, you, listen, you want me to turn it to you know, the music stops. I'm like, hey, everything went dead. If you're, <laughs> listen, if you're hearing yourself in your mind, in those headset, then it's something set wrong. No, I can't hear anything. Well, you're not supposed to. No comment. Anyway, moving right along. Folks, uh, we're going to get to an important uh, subject today in just a minute about prophecy. Uh, but first, let me finish up. This guy can get his composure back first. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. So, folks, just a short thing about um, what we were talking about before break about Thanksgiving. Pray about supporting us so we can care for the people the Father sends us. Men, women, and children from all walks of life who've had a bad break come to us for help. We take care of homeless and poor. That means some people have a, don't have a roof. Well, they do have a roof overhead, but they can't afford to eat also and pay all their bills. So pray about it. And these people are really, really thankful for what we do, and most of them aren't drug addicts and alcoholics and all that like people try to say they are. So pray about it. We minister to people in a part of town people don't even like to drive through. But isn't that where the body of Messiah should be is among sinners and among the poor? That's where Yeshua was at. So we are the last hope for so many. And, folks, we're all responsible to care one for another as we are our brother keepers. All donations, all donations, no matter what size helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. If you don't wish to help with support, consider a donation for Radio Airtime. It's not free. Donation keeps us keeps us on the air, and I've been doing radio for over 20 years. So, folks, just keep us on the air. Keep the Mission Church going because that's what you've been doing. You can donate how? Online, over the phone, or mail and check. And money or you find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. Okay. So i got something really important we're going to discuss. Um, we'll go into the article, and I'll, we'll stop and talk about it as we go through it. Um, Take over. Okay. Religious leaders gather in Sinai to receive climate justice ten commandments. Israel okay. Israel News three sixty five news. Right. Religi- religious leaders gather in Sinai to receive climate justice ten commandments. Some four hundred or some forty thousand attendees have flocked to the Sinai Desert, including over a hundred world leaders as well as leaders in business and other sectors. Christian, Muslim, Jewish, and other religions figure will participate in a U.N. conference on climate change that is taking place this week and next. In conjunction with the U.N. event, a group of faith leaders is taking an alternate alternate approach, seeking a faith-based solution to the ecological crisis by promoting the 10 principles of climate justice in a global initiative. Okay, two things, folks. So here they are. Now, Satan, the devil, always has a counterfeit for things. Believe me, this new world order thing based around um, climate change and all that, as we talked about last week, about how all of the – and if you didn't hear that program, you need to really go over and listen to the program my wife and I did about it, about schools and teachers and pastors and all of them, and what different large denominations signed on to try to promote Mother Earth, Gaia, and so on and so forth. It's not a farce. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's the truth. 
In fact, like I said, you can find articles over there at ProfCR.com that will show you about where uh, the United Nations is actually controlling our border and bringing in, funding all these people to come up and invade America. It's been their plan for a long time, and it has been their open plan. You can read about it in their own paperwork. Go ahead. Okay, the multi-player initiative led by the Interfaith Center of Sustainable Development, ICSD, the Elijah Interfaith Institute, and the Peace Department in the part of the 27th Conference of the Parties of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, COP27, which is taking place in the Sinai Peninsula in Sharm el-Sikia, Egypt, from November 6th to the 18th. Now, mind you, this is the old Mount Sinai, which is the false Mount Sinai, and, and Yahweh has allowed us now to even visit the new Mount Sinai, which we did a program with Stan Johnson recently where he visited the real Mount Sinai, but go on. According to the Interface Center, the location of COP27 is especially meaningful because the Sinai Desert is a place of revelation in the collective consciousness of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and others. Okay, all three religions recognize that Moses and the Red Sea crossing and all that, but they haven't got the right place. The way that this place was picked out was by... Uh, Constantine the Great's mom went and picked it out, but we won't go into that. There's enough proof out there now that you can see the real Mount Sinai, and it's really coming for pictures. In fact, you go to this Mount Sinai, there's nothing there. There's no historical data. There's nothing there that, that proves in any way, shape, or form by archaeology means that this was the place of Mount Sinai. But if you go to the real Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia, what do you find? You find uh, altars. You find the, the, the split rock. All these different things are there. So anyway, this is, again, the false Mount Sinai. Okay. Okay. On Sunday, the organization will hold a climate repentance ceremony and put forth the prophetic interreligious call to action. The partnering, the partnering organizations initial in, in, initially intended to hold the Climate Repentance Ceremony and Ten Commandments events at Jebel Musa in the southern Sinai Peninsula. The area uh, is traditionally believed to be the location of the biblical Mount Sinai, a site of great significance in the Bible and considered to, holy to Jews, Christians, and, and Muslims. Unfortunately, the Egyptian government chose not to permit the main interfaith event to be held at Jabal Musa due to security concerns of the, so the central venue for Sunday's event was changed to London, a location that was readily accessible to faith leaders around the world and in a, a, is a major media hub as well as other locations. A small group of interfaith, a small group of faith leaders will be allowed to ascend Jabal Muse and hold a repentance ceremony as originally planned. Okay, so there is still going to be the ceremony there at the false uh, Mount Sinai. It's just not going to be as big. They're going to hold the main event someplace else, but they're still going to everybody be watching and everything as they commemorate it on the false Mount Sinai. Okay, concurrent faith-based events will be held at Mount Abba, India, uh, Rishikishi in Himalayas, New York City, Ecuador, Germany, Vienna, Salt Lake City, uh, Mount St. Francis in India, and Australia. Joining faith leaders from many denominations, including Christianity, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and others. Okay, and that's Ecuador and then Germany. That's two different places. Go ahead. Uh, the organization, the organizers, have also urged houses of worship around the world to join in at the same time on Sunday with prayer and study focus on this transformative movement to protect our environment. Moment. To protect our environment. Go ahead. Despite the change of venue, the biblical significance of Mount Sinai are still uh, central themes of the event as Rabbi Yotin Neural the founder of and executive director 
of the Interfaith Center explained. Some people believe religious is, religion is separate and distinct from archaeology, ecology, or care of God's creation. He said, "We are not we we're it not for were it not for the receiving of the Hebrew Bible on Mount Sinai, Jewish tradition teachers, God would have returned the world to chaos and void." Applying the teaching of the Hebrew Bible to steward of God to stewardship of God's creation is not just an idea for today, but essential for a future in which we achieve a balanced worldwide ecosystem and thrive on a planet viable for all life. Among climate, uh, climate experts and environmental activists, there are some who claim that the destructive process of climate change is irreversible. But Rabbi Merle noted that the Bible teaches otherwise. Many people fear that humans have irrevocably destroyed the ecological of Eden on earth. Uh, Rabbi Merle explained, but God created the world out of love for life on earth. We need to change the operating system that humanity generated in its degrading God's creation he said, we need to switch from greed, short-term thinking, and individualistic behavior to spiritual satisfaction, long-term thinking, and altruism. By, and by doing so, that will address the symptoms of the problem and manifest the new earth. May God help us. Okay. Manifest the new earth. This is what he says, and this is what it all boils down to. Doing, you know, these things that they're doing, first off, they're doing it on a, notice they're all doing this on a, what they're calling the Sabbath, but it's the false weekly Sabbath, which is they're calling, they're going to do it on Sunday. So they're doing it on the sun god worship day. False Mount Sinai, it's not the real Mount Sinai. It's just like I say, the devil has his falsities. Sunday, then you have Mount Sinai. What's Mount Sinai? That Mount Sinai is false. False Ten Commandments, Yahweh didn't say do another Ten Commandments, and they're doing it, they're trying to do it on the same mountain to make it look holy. And we spoke about much of this last week, as the world religion, including most of mainstream Christianity, are pursuing false worship of Mother Earth and using climate change and garbage to do it. This is their one world religion. But notice what he said. He said to manifest a new earth. So here you have um, the thing that you have is you have them saying they're going to create a new earth. Yeah, the Bible uh, points to a better earth or whatever, but that comes about in Revelation 21. It goes like this, Revelation chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Well, oops, that says man isn't good. That doesn't say man is doing it. This is Yahweh doing it. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of, from Yahweh out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Yahweh is with men, and he will dwell with them, and he shall be, they shall be his people, and Yahweh himself will be with them and be their God. And Yahweh shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things have clearly passed, well, have passed away. I just added clearly. And he, he, he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. You're talking about Yeshua. And he said unto me, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me out of the seven angels were seven vials for the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the great city, holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from Yahweh, having the glory of Yahweh, and her light was like unto a stone of the most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. And there was a wall, great and high, and had twelve gates, and the gates were twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which were the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. If you're not grafted into Israel, there's only twelve gates, and each gate is named after a tribe of Israel. How are you going to get in? You're not. You don't have a Gentile gate. Okay. 
on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations in them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. In the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs. And the length of the breadth and the width of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof at 144 cubits, and according to the measure of a man, that is of an angel. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was of pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third caledony, and the fourth emerald, the fifth sardox, the fifth sardius, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, ninth topaz, and the tenth Christophorus. And an eleventh jacketh, and a twelfth was amethyst. Anyway, and I may not have pronounced those emeralds all right. But anyway, the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every several gate was of a, of a one pearl. And the city of the in the street of the city was pure gold, as if it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple for him, for the Lord Yahweh Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So there is two. There's Lord God Almighty, that is is uh, El Shaddai, that is Yahweh himself. And the Lamb, or the temple of it, the Lamb is Yeshua. So they're both there. The, ha- the city has no need of sun, neither the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of Yahweh did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nation of them which saved shall walk in the light of it. The nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it. And the gates of it shall not be shut out all day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And there shall be no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh an abomination, or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. You know, what? Two, one thing that was pointed out that I really people ought to pay attention to, um, you know, is that... Uh, there's, it keeps pointing out lie. You know, people, you know, lie like a dog nowadays, you know. Um, and a lie, let's be clear about a lie. A lie is something that you intentionally say as a mystery. No, it's not true. That anything. you know is not truth when you say it, you know what I mean? And so, so that, that you need to repent of it. But I have a follow-up to this, and I'll just read through because i just read real fast. And this is an article that goes with it. So we also have something else going on at the same time that concerns this. Jerusalem faith leaders sign a Jerusalem climate declaration. So this is faith leaders coming together to sign a, a, a pact to go along with this climate uh, agreement. And this also comes from, from Israel 365 News. Okay. Religious leaders from across three monolithic faiths signed the Jerusalem climate declaration, declaration last Thursday ahead of the United Nations COP27 climate conference, which kicks off Sunday in Shekharem el-Sheikha. The initiative was spearheaded by the Department of World Religions and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the collaboration with the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development. Sustainable Development, whenever you hear that, that is climate change garbage, and that's Agenda 21, with the aim to encourage and empower religious communities in Israel and around the world to curb human-caused climate change, which is all a garbage, and that's how they want to rule over it. The State of Israel and the government ministries, including our ministry, consider the engagement with the climate issue to be one of the of utmost importance and will work to continue this type of cooperation between civil, social, and religious parties for this common and critical goal. And so <clears throat> this was put forth by somebody by the name Tamia Berg, the director of the Department of World Religions at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Rabbi Neural, founder of the director, that's one you were talking about in the other article, founder and director of the Interface Center for Sustainable Development, said the climate crisis is a spiritual crisis. It sure is because it's fake. And therefore, we need the world's religious leaders to address the problem. We will do everything we can to unite as many religious leaders as possible in the world to act as a climate change issue. You know, they're claiming to all come together and do this because they're all under the pretext. All these people are under the pretext. There is only one God. That's garbage. The Bible specifically tells us there is only one real Yahweh, and that one real Yahweh is only you're going to get there by through Yeshua HaMashiach, the Son, not through Islam and not through Hinduism and not through all these things. Interfaith, if you 
are part of something that is called interfaith. You need to get out because it's of the devil. Uh, and among those signed the declaration were, rap, were several different rabbis and some other religious, religious leaders. So these things are getting closer and closer. Um, on a positive note, well, let's go with this, too. I'll try to get it in. Uh, I'll probably stop you. I don't know if you'll read all this, but just read part of this. This is something that has to happen. Okay, 600 Levites rehearsed worship songs for the third temple on Temple Mount Steps. Charismatic news. Sign, uh, uh, sign their, since their arrival, Jews and Christians alike have been talking about what p- possible signs or events may occur regarding the third temple. This excitement uh, was par- uh, parable to, on the steps leading up to the Temple Mount on Thursday, October the 13th. 600 Levites, descendants of the tribe of Levi, held a joyful rehearsal in the preparation of their duties as the priests of the third temple. Taking their roles as priests seriously, these 600 men were practicing so that they would be ready to provide the temple with the musical needs that would be required upon its completion. Okay, stop. Here's what people, other people don't understand. Number one, number one, what does the Bible say about the third temple? The third temple, the Bible says, if you read Ezekiel, says, will not be built by man, will be built by Messiah. When he returns, that's when it will be built. And, in fact, you can find it after in Ezekiel 20. Okay, most Jews do really believe that. But, listen, here's the point. So why are they preparing this, and why are they doing all these things, getting ready to build the temple? Because they do not believe that Messiah is supernatural. They believe the Messiah that will come will be a actual a man. And this, that leaves them very susceptible to an Antichrist that could build this false temple. And so that's what they're getting ready for. They're, they're believing that Messiah will come and he will help them build a temple. Because, you know, that's just what they believe. And the rabbis have robbed them of so much. Just like Hashem, the reason, and we're going to talk about this when Carl Gallup comes on in the next program. We're going to talk about the Yeshua program, protocol, which the which he will expose. I don't know if we'll get to that part of it in this program, but why they started using the word Hashem instead of Yahweh, because Yahweh's name points to Yeshua HaMashiach. And it's really incredible. I'm telling you this book that that I started looking at last night just blew me completely away, and it's something everybody should read. But back to this point. The point is, is we are in that time of the end. We should expect trouble from now on because we're headed into the Great Tribulation. Some people say we're already there. I don't know how they can define that we're already there because certain events haven't transpired. But we see through a glass darkly, so I can't say I absolutely know that we haven't. But it's very, very close if we haven't started into it already. So things are going to get bad, you know. So where do you think – any thoughts on where you think – Safety life, what should people do? Well, really, they should get right with God. Well, amen. Well, that's what I mean. So what do you personally That's what the norm is, but, you know, the norm is not the norm anymore. Right. You need to be You need to be right with Yahweh. That's what, what matters. And you can only do that through His Son and through repentance, and that means turning away from sin. And there's no secret rapture that's going to go flying you all out of there. The Bible doesn't say that. That concept, if you do a little bit of research or read some books on it, it's really easily found out that did not come about this rapture until 1800s and something, and it was created by some biblical people. And it's not based on biblical beliefs. Even they, the people that created the concept of a, of a pre-trib rapture, even admit that. You know, so it's it's not in Scripture. People tell me all the time. I had somebody on Facebook say, well, um, I believe it is a, a secret pre-trib rapture, and, but I'm not going to debate it. Well, the reason they're not going to debate it is there's, they, there's no... They're not solid on their faith. Well, the, they can be solid on their faith all they want, but there's no Scripture to back up a pre-trib right. rapture. There's not one Scripture in the Bible that no, it says... it says immediately after the last trump. 
Yeah, well, yeah, immediately at the last Trump and immediately after the tribulation, the great tribulation. You should have said immediately after the great tribulation of those days, the sun will be darker, the moon won't give its light. Then you shall see the signs of the sun, you know. And then it says, those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Yeah. So if you're enduring to the end, how can you be flying away? Right, and it, all, it also goes on, if you read the wheat and tares, it says the wheat and tares grow together until the time of the end, and then the angels go out. I mean, you know, it, it all says. Yeah, it all says yeah. you're going through it. You're yeah, no better it, than it, God. It if says. they persecuted him, they're persecuting you. You're going through the tribulation. And guess what? The, the only real country in the world that believes that is America. That it, no, really, if you I go to the other that. countries, because, you know, all the countries all around the world, Christians are being tortured and put to death and everything. And, you know, but Americans, you know, seem to have this funny belief that, it, that well, they're, they're not in tribulation or they just don't count anything unless it happens to them. So, anyway, all right, you got any final words? We've got to go. Um, just if you can to help with Thanksgiving, help uh, hit us up. We need all the help we can get. Yeah, amen. But remember, folks, there is only one true God. He is your Father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His Son is Yeshua HaMashiach, who gave his life for repenting sins, and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Don't get coupled up with all these other religious things or says there's more than one way. There is only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. And there's really only one way to pray, because Yeshua says, in the day that you ask me, Yeshua, nothing but pray to the Father in my name. That is when I will answer it. And so you pray to the Father in the Son's name. And remember to always be a blessing to others and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're praying for Messiah's return. Okay, remember, please... Pray about supporting Thanksgiving, and if you do so, make sure you mark your donation for Thanksgiving. And so, I guess you got to get out of here. Don't forget, Pastor Carl will be with, uh, Gallops will be with me to talk about his new book, Yeshua Protocol, and it has some mind-blowing things in it that proves Messiah. Wow. Anyway, Lord our God, Father King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that, Father, you would please, please, please bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye, and Shalom. you all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch. 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch.